Great. Thanks for being here. What a relief and a joy to have a beautiful day. I was, the world was too much with me this morning. I couldn't get my work done. So I abandoned it and took a walk. I feel better. Um, it's exhausting this navigating this life right now. It really is. It's like before jumping into inspiration, I just want to acknowledge that. It's, uh, is, is, am I making it up or are more people driving over the double yellow line as they go around curves? You know, it's like, it's all kinds of things besides the news. Um, so I took a walk. I recommend it. <sighs> Restore that healthy balance that allows us to keep going. So this is the fourth of our four weeks of Elul classes. <clears throat> Rosh Hashanah is coming on Monday evening. And uh, what I wanted to do this week, it's been really nice for me to do this with you because it's my chance to process as well. And what a, what a lovely thing to get to do with such, such a lovely group. Um, what I wanted to do this week was look at this week's Torah portion with you. Um, the Torah portion is called Nitzavim. It's Deuteronomy chapter 29 and 30. And the reason I want to look at it with you is because the way that our sages organized the um, liturgical reading of the Torah, Nitzavim is always read on the Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah. I don't know how they did that, but it works. And um, therefore, it would appear, and when we read Nitzavim, it becomes clear that this was the, the message from Torah that the rabbis wanted us to hear on the Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah. And so what I thought we'd do is read it together and then reflect on we won't, we, I don't think we'll get all the way through it, but it's all good. We'll reflect on what the message might be. Sometimes it's explicit. It's just right there. And other times we might want to ponder it. Um, but let's read this Torah portion with what appears to be the intention of our sages with uh, as a way to further prepare us to enter the days of awe um, and to fulfill the responsibilities of this time of year in terms of setting things right that we can and making amends where we can and returning, returning to ourself, to God, to community, to earth, uh, all of those ideas of... Um, coming back from the scattered places, like I was this morning once again, uh, coming back from that to a sense of connection and wholeness and uh, purpose. All of those are the themes of this season for, um, for uh, the, Jewish, uh, the Jewish people. So I'm gonna share my screen. Remember, you can type anything in the chat anytime questions, thoughts, uh, and I'm going to share the portion with you. Here we go. Here it is. I need to move some things around on my little screen. There we go. Okay, is that visible, everybody? Excellent, excellent. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 9. Atem nitzavim Hayom. Nitzavim means to stand. It's, it's, um, you're standing here today. Kulchem, all of you. This is Moses talking. Before Yodhevavhe, your God. Roshechem, your tribal heads. 
Ziknechem, your elders, Shotrechem, your officials, Kol Ish Yisrael, all the men of Israel, Tapchem, your children, Nishechem, your wives. Okay, so, oh, oh, thank you, Naomi. Uh, we didn't say a prayer, uh, the blessing for Torah. Let me finish this sentence and then we will. Appreciate the reminder. Your children, your wives. Okay, so we know that the Torah is addressed to a patriarchal system. However, note that everyone is being addressed. So we would put the children, the men, the women, even the stranger within your camp. It doesn't say, it doesn't say even in the Hebrew, but that's the translation. From the wood chopper to the water drawer. Okay, let me pause, and I appreciate it. We'll say the blessing. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kichana b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, source of life. <sighs> Creator of the universe, who gives us the mitzvot, the commandments, to, and the commandment especially to study the words of Torah. Okay, so this famous line, Everybody. Kulchem. So the first thing to note about this portion is that everyone is being addressed by Moses. From the tribal leaders to the water drawers and the wood choppers, not just the men who are typically the ones to uh, receive the orders, but the children, the women, and the stranger as well. So this is a radical, radically democratized address. Um, oh, uh, Barb wrote, she likes the, uh, the, the rhythm and the rhyme in the Hebrew. Otcha, let's see, meimecha sho'eh, Etzecha, that's right. Mechotev etzecha ad sho'ev meimecha. You're right, it has a beautiful uh, music to it. So that in and of itself would be a reason in my mind for the, uh, for the sages to want to invoke this line at Rosh Hashanah. Because Judaism is crystal clear that nobody can do your work of repentance, return, and realignment, except you. There is no priesthood that even in ancient Israel that will substitute for every individual hearing these words, just as we did at Mount Sinai when everyone heard it. Roberta says, wood choppers know how to chop wood and water carriers know how to carry water in mindfulness in this day, this moment. Oh, isn't that beautiful? So it's a call to be present in the way that the, that idea of um, what's, it, what's the Zen line? It's, it's, is it chopping wood and carrying water? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Isn't that something? So I guess in Japan, the same basic tasks in a pre-industrial uh, pre society are what uh, both sustain the community, the fire, bring the warmth, the heat, and the, um, uh, the capacity to prepare food and the water drawer. So it's fire and water. Oh, that's really interesting. I've never thought of it that way. Thank you, Roberta. Do you want to say anything else about that? Uh, well, just that uh, I read, um, you're probably about to say this, but uh, Hayom, this day, is repeated, uh, I, I think it's 12 times. So I, I, I think... We really can read this as 
you know, what does standing here mean? It means in the moment. And, uh, and then I was also thinking so much about when uh, chopping wood and carrying water uh, is, is so related to climate catastrophe. I mean, it's, you know, this is almost like a prescient prediction uh, oracle. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you. No, I hadn't, no, I, there, I had not tuned in to the repetition of Hayom today, this day. And yet 12 times is not an accident. We know that about Torah. 12 like seven is a number of, uh, in the ancient world and today, a number of true completeness, the, the 12 um, months of the year and the 12 tribes and the, it's, uh, so thank you. So a call to be present, everyone, everyone be present. Be present the way the water carriers and the wood choppers are in their task. And what are we being called to be present for? To enter into the covenant of yod heh hey your God. Asher Adonai Elohecha Koreit Incha which I don't know, your God is uh, concluding with you this day with its sanctions as well. Alato sanctions. Conditions, we should say. Leman hakimotcha hayom. Okay, good. Now I'm hearing the hayoms. So that God may establish with you this, you this day La'am, lo la'am, as God's people, and be your God. Kasher diber lach, as God has spoken to you. Kasher nishba, as God swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this is the solemn moment, this moment, when we rise and stand with full presence, to enter into the covenant with the creator. And then, in this beautiful continuation, And I make this covenant with its sanctions, not with you alone, but with those also who are standing here but both with those who are standing here with us this day and with those who are not with us here this day. Okay, so how, however this God composed, if you think this text is leaving you out, oh, well, I wasn't there. The Torah is 100% like, I'm speaking across the generations. I'm speaking throughout time and space. You are standing here at this moment. And I, what it makes me think of, and I really welcome your thoughts and comments, what it makes, because what it makes me think of is all of us being in shul on Rosh Hashanah, right? All of us. And now a lot of us will be on Zoom, but we'll be together in shul, all of us. No excuses. No, I wasn't there. So we're all summoned to be present here, now standing before the Creator. And that also brings to mind, for me, the Unatanatoka prayer, which is part of the most, one of the most famous parts of the liturgy, which says, on this day, we all come before the Creator and the judgment seat. So we're being summoned. <clears throat> and it's not, it's a, it, it's a, it's a weighty moment. It's a, it's a serious moment. It's the moment that calls for our full presence. And then it says, a little review as Moses is wont to do. Ki atem yadatem, 
et asher yashavnu be'ert Mitzrayim. Well, you know that we dwelt in the land of Egypt and that we passed through the midst of various other nations. V'tir'u, and you have seen et shikush, whoops, it is not my day. I just spilled my water, just a second. <laughs> There's a waterfall on my desk, but it's just water, thank God. I'll clean it up later. <laughs> it's a natural feature now in my office. Um, okay. You have seen the detestable things and the fetishes of wood and stone, silver and gold that they keep. Okay, now again, rather than take this literally, um, okay, we've been journeying. We, we started in Egypt and we've been journeying. And along the way, we have seen the fetishes of wood and stone, silver and gold, the works of our hands, we walk, we have walked through them all. Um, we have seen all of the, uh, all of the uh, material items that people worship, that people lust for, that they long for, that they bow down to. We have, we walk that gauntlet all the time. That's what I was getting from reading. And it ain't easy. Right, it says in Torah and Book of Numbers, uh, uh, you keep these tzitzit, this, this, the, 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 the fringes to remind you not to go off after whatever catches your eye or whatever the lusts of your heart tell you, take you to, because we are want to do that as humans. And indeed, pen yesh bachem Perhaps there is among you some man or woman. Omishpacha. There's a word everybody knows. A family, a clan, or a tribe. Asher levavo fone hayom. Whose heart is even now. And there's that word hayom. Thank you. I Somehow I'd never picked that up. Whose heart happens to be turning now in this moment. Away from your hevav your God. To go and worship the gods of those nations. Perchance there is among you a stock, bachem, among you, within you, a stock sprouting poison weed and wormwood. And when such a one hears the words of these sanctions, that's each of us, he may fancy himself immune. Uh, Hitbarach is a very interesting word. You see the word baruch? In his heart, he blesses himself. I like fancy himself immune, thinking, Shalom, Yehieli. I'm safe. I'm at peace. Ki vishrirut libi elech. Even though I follow my own willful, willful heart to the utter ruin of moist and dry alike. And everything I read about this idiom, haravavet hatzmeah, seems to be, uh, what would be an English one like that that means everything, you know? I mean, we have heaven and earth all the time in the Torah. So moist and dry seems to be related to that. Okay, so each of us is standing there. We're each being spoken to. And this is about each of us, not him. We're not talking about him. <laughs> We're not talking about that person there. <laughs> because this is an address from Moses to us, wherever we are. Standing there, whatever our station, whatever our, whatever our status. Us, each of us. Perhaps sometimes I uh, get tempted. I uh, go and I like the gold and silver stuff. You know, that looks like, uh, that looks good. Um, and then I say to myself, well, 
Shalom Yihieli. It'll be good for me if I follow my willful heart. In fact, it's to the utter ruin of moist and dry alike. And this brings my thoughts back to what Roberta said about the climate uh, when she talked about wood choppers and water drawers. When I think of moist and dry at this moment, and I was in California this summer where the fires were burning, and now I'm in New York where the subways are flooded, I do have no difficulty extending our willful hearts and our worship of the works of our hands to the, to the disaster of idolatry, the idolatry of our age of all time, but now it's come to roost of thinking that the world is there for us to use without end and to abuse without end. And it's time to take this Torah, in my opinion, and make it into an environmental um, parable as well, because that we are no longer in the parable. We are in the reality. The Lord, Yoveh, the Lord will never forgive this. Rather will the Lord's anger and passion rage against that man. Till every sanction recorded in this book, Basefer Hazel, comes down on him. And Yodhevavit blots out his name from under heaven. So, what are going to be the consequences of our willful hearts if we do not return to hear the voice of, as you know, my translation of Yotevafe, of life unfolding. If we don't align ourselves in a covenant, in a compact, in a committed relationship to serve life. And then Okay, so bad things are going to happen. I'm going to move ahead. Later generations will ask, what the hell happened? Later generations will ask. To see the plagues and diseases that the Lord has inflicted upon that land, its soil devastated by sulfur and salt. Beyond sowing and producing, no grass growing in it, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. All the nations will ask, why did the Lord do thus to the land? Wherefore that awful wrath? And continuing our environmental parable, they will be told because they forsook the covenant. Oh, excuse me. Um, I'm sorry. I got to get out of here and start over because of Adobe, fake Adobe Flash Player. Stop share. What a pain. Hold on. Okay, problem solved. I think our, since I'm spending 10 hours a day on my computer, I think the commandment, uh, uh, the, the idea that we're constantly, um, uh, oh my goodness. Perchance there is among you some man or woman whose heart is even now turning away from this message that I'm trying to give. Well, why? I was just going to look at that thing there and it just popped up in my face. So let's do a computer. Uh, analogy to this section too. Um, so as I was saying, why, what happened? 
they will be told because they forsook the covenant that Yodhevavhe, the God of their ancestors, made with them when he they freed him when he freed them from the land of Egypt. They turned to the service of other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they did not know and whom God had not allotted to them. So Yodhevavhe was incensed at that land and brought upon it all the curses recorded in this book. Yodhevavhe uprooted them from their soil in anger, fury, and great wrath and cast them into another land as is still the case. <sighs> so that then ends that narrative uh, um, paragraph. And again, reading it as I described, It's a clarion call to each of us to be present at this moment and recognize our willful hearts and stand before the creator and re-enter the right relationship that's asked of us. Then, I see, yeah, cobalt production, Roberta, yeah. And Susan Falk, we haven't let the land lay fallow every seven years. So much, so much. Then I want to spend a little time on this mysterious verse 28. Okay, so let me preface this by saying we, nobody fully understands this verse. Um, but I want to look at it, and I'll tell you why. Hanistarot hidden things or concealed acts concern Yodhevavhe, our God. Vahaniglot, but with overt acts, niglot, things that we are aware of, things we can see. It is for us and our children ever to apply all the provisions of this teaching. When teaching is capitalized, it says Torah in Hebrew. This is a very strange verse. Take a look. You see these little dots? Those scribal dots go back thousands of years. And I don't want to spend the whole class in this, but we could in one of those like detective, um, detective journeys into what is this doing here? There's no final answer. There are, of course, countless interpretations. But these words have been noted with these dots for, from the earliest Torah manuscripts we know. Dead Sea Scrolls, old, old, old. Um, and um, in, I'll make a little aside here. In my, in my uh, sleuthing on the internet, reading some articles, it would appear the most persuasive scholarly argument I had for this is that the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were composed by the Essenes, a rival faction of interpretation and practice to the rabbis in ancient Israel, um, there may have been a dispute over who has, who, whether anyone is aware of Hanis Tarot, God's concealed acts, the hidden, the, the um, esoteric hidden meanings versus that which is niglot, revealed to everyone. The, the, uh, the, and there seems to have been a debate over whether the secrets have been revealed to us or not. That was interesting. And again, worth a real exploration. However, I actually want to focus on later interpretations. How does this relate to us being three days before Rosh Hashanah? Um, and if you get any ideas, uh, I'll welcome them. Um, one stream of interpretation is that Nistarot refers to sins that we have committed in secret. 
Why do they think that? And, and therefore, sins that we've committed in secret, God is aware of them. Haniglot, that which, is, that which has been done out in the open, we're all aware of. But even the hidden sins, God is aware of. Um, and that becomes a kind of a sermon on repentance is not only required of us for things that uh, people might know about, but also for wrongs we may have committed that no one will ever catch us for except God. And so in this case, God is, could be understood as our conscience, the higher self within us that knows, that knows, that we can't kid ourselves there. We can get away with it, but we're not cleansed. Um, and uh, so that's one level of understanding, which I like as a general sort of sermonic take on this. And then I found the Ramban, Nachmanides, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, who was a, the leading rabbi of, uh, in Spain in the 1300s. In his Torah interpretation, he has a very interesting one. He says, first he quotes the other, the other, uh, the, the first idea that I suggested. And then he says, but in my opinion, the secret things are the sins that are hidden from those who commit them. The hidden things are our unconscious errors. The things we did by accident or without awareness. Um, it says participants can now see your application. You can all see the screen okay? Yeah? Okay. So Ramban says that the secret things are the sins that are hidden from those who commit them. As the Psalm says, who can discern our own errors? Oh, cleanse me, please, God, from my hidden faults. Um, and he says, our hidden sins belong to God alone. For them, we, can, we bear no guilt for having transgressed. In other words, we can't, it happens. We're unconscious of certain of our behaviors. The goal is to become conscious. But in the meantime, we are not, uh, we can't be responsible for things we don't know we did. But then he says, but the things that are revealed, namely our conscious acts, belong unto us and our children forever. Um, uh, and um, let's see, I won't go on with his, he has a lengthy explanation, but um, this goes into the different kinds. Oh, let's see, I'll finish that and then I'll get to um, the comments. This refers to the, the way our, our uh, tradition defines different kinds of wrongdoing. Bishkaga means without knowing, accidental. And uh, until those are pointed out to us, until they, we are, become aware of them, uh, we, can, we cannot be held responsible for them because we can't atone for them because we don't know we did them. And those are considered a level of wrong that we, we, we can't be held responsible for. Um, and then uh, Avon and Pesha, those are more, those are willful acts. Okay, so let's see. As I said, this is a tricky verse. Um, Roberta Wall said, what is the Hebrew word used for concerned? God is concerned about uh, uh, concealed act. Um, it's not that God is concerned. It's that concealed acts concern Yodhevah, our God, our God's provenance. This is such a strange verse. No one knows exactly how to translate it. Um, uh, so concealed acts are for God, 
like I don't even know how to translate it. The translators are struggling with a verse that's hard to translate. Um, can, can I say just something about that? Of course you can. But, okay, so um, I, I've, uh, throughout COVID, I've been listening to a lot of um, uh, tapes of Ram Das. They're all over the internet and another great rabbi. <laughs> and um, something that he said is, is what uh, I think this really reminds me of. He said that when he met his, his guru, uh, you know, his Hindu guru, he said that uh, the guru, Neem Karoli Baba, uh, could read his mind and still love him. Oh. Yeah, and, and that, that, that was this complete turning point in, in his life. So somehow this is connecting to that for me. Ah, uh, so God sees us completely in all our in all our flawed and contradictory selves, all the places where we've done wrong and continues to love us. And in so doing, when someone sees us that way, we can open the dark places that we haven't been able to open before. Mm. Yeah, I remember reading that story. Thank you. That's a beautiful, beautiful interpretation of this verse. And I want to say, nobody understands this verse. So uh, that's why it's open for interpretation. Um, thank you. Um, Rabbi Ellen said, it's the way they translate the prefix le. Hidden things are for God, or as Sarah says, God's jurisdiction, which Sarah's, that's Sarah's language. Perfect. Um, uh, good, all good. Deborah says, why is it assumed that concealed acts refer to wrongdoing? Only because... It's, it's only assumed in an attempt to understand uh, the connection between Nisabim and the fact that we're approaching the new year and we're being asked to re-enter the covenant. Uh, but that's not necessarily what it means. Mystical interpretations abound. Um, what is, what's the, what's the Nistarot, the hidden realms? that are yod heh vav -Hey's. And what are the revealed realms that are ours to inhabit? You can go in so many ways with this. That's why I hope I'm being clear that, that, there, that uh, th this verse invites us to think about all those things. Uh, Joan reminds me of the Pirkei Avot. God remembers what man forgets. God forgets what man remembers. Ha, thank you. Um, and Sarah says, he sees us where we are. Ah, Sarah, do you know Roberta from before? I hope you do. Because Roberta lived here a while, many years, and then moved to uh, North Carolina. So Zoom is a great opportunity for us. Oh, a private greeting gone public. Yes, another of the many, many uh, features of our internet age. Not replying all when you didn't mean to. Okay, well, that was a really nice, innocuous one. So no worries, Sarah. <laughs> all right, enough about that line. Now we go to chapter 30. Um, and what I want to point out to you just as Hayom, this day, is repeated 12 times in this Parsha, is the, word, the root for return is repeated seven times in this next passage. So that appears to be another irresistible link between the main, um, the main uh, purpose uh, for us of Rosh Hashanah, which is Teshuvah, which means return, and this passage that we read calling us to return right before um, the new year approaches. When all these things befall you, the blessing and the curse that I've set before you, 
lawnmower going out there. I have to close my window. Um, and you take them to heart. Amidst the various nations to which the Lord your God has banished you. Kidichacha, I would say also scattered you. Um, I guess you could do it either way. Nidachim um, are like forlorn, scattered ones. So banished is also, I could see why they said that. But when all these things befall you, you take them to heart. Shav. I'm going to show you the word shav, which is the root of to return. Which is a line that, so, that makes it into the Aleinu prayer. Bring it into your heart. Return with your heart. Take it to your heart. Vishavta, and you return to life unfolding your God. Vishamata, and you hear Shema, God's voice. Kechol asher in all the ways that God commands you today. You and your children, Bechol with all your heart and soul. Vishav, and then Shav et Shvutcha. God will return to you your fortune. and take you back in love. Rachamim. Vishav, He will bring you back. The word kibbutz comes from this word and will collect you from all the nations, gather you. Asher hefitzacha, where you've been uh, uh, scattered. So I guess that's hefitzacha, scattered. Where God has scattered you. Return, return, return. Even if your outcasts are at the ends of the world, from there God will gather you. Life from Fulton will gather you. From there God will fetch you. Isn't this beautiful? This is the promise of teshuva, not a physical scattering in this case, but there are many teachings about this. When you, no matter where you are in your consciousness, no matter how low you've sunk, no matter how disconnected you've become, and we can hit, you know, when you hit bottom, if you turn, God's right there, ready to take you back. And this is, this is not um, theology for me. This is my experience of what it means to reconnect with life. Where something, something grabs me and brings me back from my forlorn, my disassociated, my whatever it is my enraged, my, and I don't have to. Then there's a journey ahead, but immediately I'm not alone. Immediately. I've restored connection to life. That's how I read it. Oh, Deborah said before on the concern, oh, I thought it was saying that we should not focus on the hidden realms, but on doing the right thing. Yes, excellent interpretation. I think that's a really good one, Deborah. The hidden realms belong to God. Our job is in the here and now. And that's a very Jewish teaching where it says, do not concern yourself with the end of days. The, the Talmud expresses this over and over. That's God's realm. The, the afterworld, the end time. And they also say, the rabbis say, and don't concern yourself too much with what happened before the beginning. But rather, this is our realm. 
Hashamayim Shamayim Ladunai, the Haaretz Natan Livne Adam. That's from um, uh, Psalm uh, 16 from Hallel. The, the heavens are the realm, the heavens and the ethereal realms are the realms of Adonai, the Haaretz Natan Livne Adam. And the earth was given to human beings. This is where the action is. Judaism is really clear about that. Thank you. Oh, now back to the these verses. Sylvia says the runaway bunny. Everybody know it? Go look it up, everyone. The mommy says, wherever you go, I'm going to come find you. I'll be there. If you, I'll be a sailboat and sail you home. I'll be a, yeah, we know the book almost by heart. And it is mommy love, just as it says in this verse. And I will take you back in love. Rachamim is compassionate love. As many of you know, Rechem in Hebrew is womb, W-O-M-B. So the, it's mother love. That's what Rachamim is. And the runaway bunny mom is going to find him everywhere and give him a carrot. Because that's how the book ends. Here, have a carrot. <laughs> yes, it is always good to be positive, no matter what. But I'll tell you, like I said this morning, I wasn't. So I, I pleased with myself. I got up from my desk and I went outside and then I was ready to, ready to sit down again. And so <laughs> David says a carrot's better than a stick. Very good, David. So even if you're outcasts are the end of the world and life unfolding, your God will bring you to the land that your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. And he will make you uh, he'll make it so good for you and you'll be even more numerous than your ancestors and then your God will open up your heart circumcise mal circumcise your heart your heart has a has a sheath on it and the Lord your God will remove the sheaths from your heart. That's the biblical metaphor. So open up is a good translation. And the hearts of your offspring to love life unfolding your God with all your heart and all your soul. Let ma'an chayecha in order that you may live. Or let ma'an for the sake of your life. For your this is everything, everybody. This passage is, are we going to be alive? Are we going to be alive, meaning fully present, accepting even our dark places, making amends so that we can remain present? Are we going to do it? This is the covenant. The Atta. Tashu, you will return. Vishamata, and hear, attend to the voice of life unfolding and do all of God's mitzvot that I'm enjoining upon you this day. And Yodhebav, your God, will grant you abounding prosperity in all your undertakings. In the issue of your womb, the offspring of your cattle, the produce of your soil, Yodhevave will again delight in your well-being. Ki Yashuv Adonai Lasus. God will return to rejoicing over you. Letov for goodness, just as God rejoiced over your ancestor. Just if you Tishma, if you listen, the call to the voice of life unfolding, fulfill the mitzvot, the rules that are written, the Sefer HaTorah, Hazeh, 
in this Torah scroll. Ki tashuv el Adonai bechol You will return to life unfolding with all your heart and all your soul. It repeats itself, obviously, but it, this is this is beautiful oration. Paul says, now is time to grow up and be responsible on every level. Then anything and everything is possible. That is precisely the aspiration of the high holy days. Precisely, that we can then begin our year in that consciousness. Thank you, Paul. I couldn't, that says it so well. I'm going to go over just a few minutes today if you need to go, because we're just getting to the climax now. Um, surely this mitzvah, which I am giving you this day, is not too baffling for you, nor is it beyond reach. It is not in the heavens that you should say, who among us can go up to the heavens and get it for us and impart it to us that we may observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who among us can cross to the other side of the sea and get it for us and impart it to us that we may observe it? No, the thing is very close to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart to observe it. Um, and the bificha uvavecha is in the singular. So remember, this goes right back to the beginning of the oration. Um, uh, where we are all standing there. Moses is speaking to every one of us. Each one of us is responsible for this covenant. Um, and now it, it's, it, you, don't wait. Don't wait for some leader to tell you what to do. I'm telling you now, you've got this, Right? Moses knows he's going to die. He's going to die in three chapters from now. Um, and uh, he's already been told that. He's exhorting the people. Take it. Take it from here. This is your covenant. Um, Roberta says, beautiful. Teshuva goes both ways between us and God. God returns, wants to return to us as much as we want to return to the source. It's not a neutral um, 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 solution. There's a law of attraction between life and us that wants each other. That's the, that is the Jewish idea of God, not a, not a deus ex machina, not a um, uh, us. Uh, what what's the English word? Not a um, puppet master. Hmm? A puppet master. Not a puppet master, and also not a not a neutral universe, but rather, and this is my conviction, also from all the spiritual traditions. Actually, there's a law of love that inheres in the universe that calls to us, and we call to it all the time filled with sweetness and love. Um, for see, I set before you this day, chayim v'hatov v'hamavet v'hara. And our translator decided to write, I set before you this day, chayim, life, hatov, prosperity. I don't know, the good. I don't see why we won't translate it as the good. And death, mavet, vehara, evil, good and bad. For I command you this day, lahahava, to love, life unfolding your God, to walk in God's ways, to keep God's commandments, laws and rules, that you may chayita, live, bravita, thrive, uverachacha, and be blessed by your your God on the good land, on the land you are about to possess and enter. But if your heart turns away and you give no heed and are lured into the worship and service of other gods, 
I declare to you this day that you shall certainly perish. You shall not long endure on the soil that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. And so I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day. I have put before you today life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. If you and you're also that, I would say not if, so that you and your descendants might live. Ah, beautiful, Roberta, commanded to love. It's our very fabric. It's a law of nature, our makeup, how we are created. It's our higher nature. We're complicated, but it is our higher nature. And so it's, we're, think of command as a computer command. <laughs> it's like we're wired for it. Choose life so that you and your offspring will live by loving your life unfolding your God, heeding this command, holding fast, lidavka, better word, um, attaching yourself to life unfolding, adhering, merging, devekut means merging and gluing in Hebrew. Kihu chayecha, for this is the, your life and the length of your days. See, to dwell, to return to on the earth that life unfolding swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and gave to them. And that's the end of the Parsha. Attuning. Very good, Rob. So, How's that for an exhortation for the new year? Isn't it marvelous? Um, thank you for letting me share that. And may we all choose life this year as Moses tells us to. Sarah says, I'm ready, Rabbi. That's right. This is like Moses, forgive the sports metaphor. This is like Moses we're ready to go out on the field for the new season. <laughs> and the coach is exhorting us, reminding us of what our purpose is out on the field and that we can do it. It's beautiful. I love this portion. And I love all your comments. Thank you. So let's actually blow the show for now. Before we conclude, to seal the deal. <laughs> if you'd like to stand, because it says Nitzavim, we are standing here today. You were here and you were not here. better than that. Yes. <sighs> hey, Jonathan, were you just getting all those wild sort of overtones or was it Zoom? I couldn't tell. Oh, it was Zoom. Darn, I didn't have the original sound on. Yeah. Uh, Let me turn the original sound on and see how it sounds now, okay? It'll it be better. Pretty, it sounded pretty great for a second. 
Great. Well, just see, hear this difference, just so you can hear one. Is it different that way? Much better. Yeah, yeah. So leave. Usually my original sound is on all the time. So I don't know why I was off right now. Anyway, good. I'm glad you got to hear it. And I'm glad you got to hear the both versions, Zoom versions of Shofar. Great, great. I'm going to stop recording and then we'll do our healing prayer and uh, Kaddish too. <laughs>